Welcome back to another Dr. Supercoach podcast. You're joined this week by JB and Pistol. And Pistol, we are going to jump straight into the teams and it's a little depressing. Do you, do you want uh, to sum up anything, any of your feelings so far straight away? Oh, I'm feeling great, JB. Really? It's... Uh... Oh, really? <laughs> no, it's, it's struggle time. It's completely it's funny i mean it's been said a million times this week so i'm not uh, breaking any new uh territory here but this this game is it's so funny we've we've planned around the first buy being the easy buy it's just become the hard buy and because of that it's made like the next week harder because we'll probably be trading in players who are playing this week but like probably going to be out in in 12 um, sorry, in 13 or 14, and then we're going to make them even harder. And it, it's going to have a snowball effect. And it's going to just be this struggle to get 18 every week for the rest of the buyers, all because the first one um, has been really difficult. And I find it hilarious, but at the same time, um, actually, I just find it hilarious. I'm kind of crying inside, but it's, it is hilarious. <laughs> you just got to, you got to, you just sometimes got to laugh. Well, I'm crying on the outside as well as the inside. So. <laughs> I'm doing the double at the moment. It's just absolutely ridiculous. So we'll jump into the Friday night game, which is Port Adelaide versus Richmond. And Jasper Pittard comes in for Jack Holm. So when I was reading the teams when they came out, I looked at this part and I was like, you know what, Barry's not in, but this is a good start. You know, not not all, not Gray, not Westhoff, all these players are out. And then I went straight on to Richmond, which is Castagna and Miles in for Graham. And Dusty, so we knew about Dusty for most of today, um, and he's flown to New Zealand, and we don't know if he's even in for next round, but let's just talk about this round. Um, how much of an effect should this have, and do we expect him to play next week, because we know he won't play the week after, so is it even a formidable option to trade Dustin Martin, which is crazy. Uh, the, the more I say it, it becomes a little less crazy, I guess, but what are your thoughts, Pistol? Well, yeah, you just have to consider the facts. He's got a sore calf. He's obviously gone to visit his dad in New Zealand. Uh, next week, the, he might play, and then he's got the week off after that. It's like, would they rush him back to play a match just to have another bye? It just seems a bit unlikely. Like, I mean, they've said that he should play, but, I mean, should becomes maybe, should you know, it's, it's a slippery slope. And really, if he's going to miss this week and possibly, or definitely around 14 and maybe around 13... And considering the form he's been in has been extremely poor, uh, he's only averaging 105 for the season. He's down to 483k, and his five-round average is 88. That's correct, 88 for Dusty. And it's like, well, if you could trade him out to a Port Adelaide forward um, via maybe some DPP swing if you haven't finished your forward line, I think that might be uh, the go-to move. In this case, I'd probably be targeting Westoff. Um, I know... Obviously, Gray scored the best last week, but he did play, um, according to Fantasy Freaker, or was it 94% forward? So yep. pretty much he's playing a perma forward, which is fine. He might average, you know, he probably will average 90+, plus, but I feel like Westhoff's role is better. and He will have some poor scores, but he'll have some massive scores as well. And if I was jumping on anybody, I think Westhoff would still be my number one pick. And he's got DPP, which is a little bit su- surprising. Um, and if you could do a Dusty straight to Westoff, I think that would be my go-to move this week. Otherwise, maybe just hold Dusty, see if he plays next week. If he's out, then you can trade him to, you know, like a Cripps, maybe a Kerno or, or McRae or something like that instead, JB. Yeah, and pretty much exactly what you said. And I think Westoff would be my pick as well uh, out of the Westoff and Gray. I think Gray is set to lose a little bit more money than Westoff as well, and... We've only really seen a couple of games out of Gray with his full 90-plus percent forward um, this season so far, with Tom Rockliffe coming back being the main factor in that uh, that move. And he had a 90 this week, which was, I don't know, it felt a little, I don't want to say inflated, because obviously he played a good game, but I, I think he was just very right place, right time, which is, I mean, much of his game is based upon that, so maybe it's not a fluke, but... Um, obviously, the week before, he had his worst score, or the week before that, sorry, because it was his bye, had the worst score uh, of the season so far. And when you said Westhoff might put out a couple of bad scores, those bad scores are pretty much all 70 and 80 plus anyway. So um, I don't think there's a lot of risk going Justin Westhoff, and he does have a big ceiling as well. So um, that would be my trade if 
um, if my trade plans are allowed to go through this week. I don't know what I'm doing because I've got about five players playing, so I've got to definitely move a lot of magnets around the, the magnet board there. Um, but we'll jump into the next game, and it's Geelong versus North Melbourne. No change for Geelong, and North just have Zerha coming in for Jed Anderson, so... Uh, not a lot to, to talk about here, I don't think, uh, Pistol. <laughs> well, I know you've jumped into the next game, but I did have a question back in the uh, the port game. Oh, okay. Um, no, I have two, back, qu- two questions, actually. One, oh, man. Rockcliffe. Now, obviously, he had a poor game um, set as you know a tag in the second half on Titch to slow him down, which he did a good job doing. Watching mm. the game, do you think he's actually done as a super coach option, or did he just have a really poor game like around the ball? He obviously played in the midfield the entire time. He's still 383k. Are you just is it is it done as an option? Give me your, your final word on it. Yeah, well, I said that a couple of weeks ago that he's not a good option, and uh, I'd be surprised if he went 80 plus or 90 plus for the rest of the season, let alone 100 plus, which a lot of people uh, were expecting trading him in. And uh, like the, I mean, the coach said it himself, he wasn't finding the pill in the first half. That's why he became that tagger. Otherwise. If Pau Pepper was having a poor game, he would have probably gone to Tom Mitchell instead of Rockliffe. Uh, so he did have that that role that he likes in the first half, and he, he just couldn't find the pill. So uh, I guess it kind of is what it is. He's trying to find form still. I don't think you'll find it. I don't think he'll go back to anything near where his Brisbane years are. So I'd definitely avoid Rockliffe. And if I traded him in, then I'd probably be a little bit upset and hope he gets some 70s and 80s. <laughs> well, I think if you did trade him in, He's still got the capabilities of scoring really high, so if he's going to be your M9 at the end of the day, you can just loophole him in his good scores, and when he scores poorly, obviously just leave him on the bench. So no harm, no foul there, except if you play Does him Does he on still the have those capabilities, though? I mean, I haven't seen it this season. Yeah. And his two best games were in the 90s, so that's not really something you'd loop in for a premium midfielder. You kind of would be looping in for Dustin Martin, though, with a five-round average of 88, unless you're, <laughs> you're trading him out. Although, with, say, Anthony Miles, um, he... He's 310k. Something crazy that I'm about to say, JB. This is oh, reminiscent no. of the Scott Selwood situation, I think, last year. Anthony Miles will score well. He has... He's he's just a really good scorer. I mean, he's averaged 100 before. He's averaged 97 when he played 22 games in 2015. He averaged 90 in 2016. He only got the five games last year and then the discount. He... I mean, he just gets so much of the ball and I guess... What's his downside of his games is his speed, but I know I feel like if he's going to take his chance, obviously he had 44 touches in the VFL and, and easily, I think there was like 12 clearances, three goals. He just absolutely blitzed the VFL. If he's going to, you know, grab his chance and just make the best of it at 310k, a lot of people are going to jump on him. Um, maybe even it it's depends. Like if you're going to get him after his buy, because he's scoring so well, and you have him as your M9 for the rest of the season. That's obviously if he can stay in the side, like uh, above players like Jack Graham. But if you're going to do that, you may as well jump now because he's going to score well for the next two weeks because he always scores well. Like like Anthony Miles has always been a good scorer. So that's just something crazy, completely crazy uh, to consider, JB. But um, I'll jump back into the, the North Melbourne um, game. <laughs> I'm not even going to let you comment on that one. But I think uh, it's good to see that Tom Murphy, he's a defender, midfielder, 124K. He only scored 40 last week, but at least he's playing JB. So he has DPP. At least you have to consider someone in the North Melbourne side that is playing this week just because uh, even though they've got the bye next week, they're actually playing JV, which is the hardest thing about this week. Yeah, well, like you said, he's playing. And I didn't know he was until he said it eight times just then to me, but <laughs> um, he is definitely playing. And with that swing, I mean, trading him into the, the midfield maybe an option. I mean, there's just not a lot of defensive slash midfield players this year that a lot of people are jumping on. So, like, Lloyd doesn't have it led. Obviously, doesn't have it. Like, there's just not... Like, obviously, Sicily and Howe and all those sorts of players don't have it. So, I don't I don't know the if there's a huge draw into getting someone like that in just for their swinging ability. But, as you said, if it's, if it's just to get a warm body on field, then I can't see a lot wrong with it, aside from the fact that there is... An abundance of options in the defence this week with uh, with rookie price tags on them. So um, I'll probably look elsewhere, but look, it's not the worst choice because he's playing. <laughs> I mean, his scoring potential is really low. So then again, are you really going to be trading in somebody um, 
for the 40 points, yeah, that's something that you'd have to weigh but up. But he's playing. Yourself. Uh, it's 40 more points than the zero, and you, <laughs> you get to keep some cash, and who knows how long he'll be playing for. But, you know, there's worse trades. Jermaine Jones as well um, gets his third game, JB. So if you need another playing player, uh, he actually looks quite good. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if he manages to hold for at least a couple of weeks, JB. Yeah, he did look good, actually. He was um, he was on 25-plus after the first quarter, and I think he got to maybe even 40-plus or 35-plus after the second quarter. So he was looking at a good score, and then he sort of just tapered off like some rookies do. But uh, if he's amongst the goals, which, I mean, I know they've got North Melbourne this week, who actually is a formidable opponent, but if he does get amongst the goals, then he's a sneaky chance to pull out like a 70 or an 80, kind of like Murphy did in that round where he scored a few goals. Uh, but we know with these players that are very goal-dependent, they're also going to put out the, the 30s, 40s, and 50s. So it's hard to say, but again, he is playing. He does have that bad buy, but that bad buy might actually be this week. So who, who even knows, Pistol? Well, you, um, yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. And JB, before we move on, because I know you're, you're itching to get into the next game, some <laughs> would say the, the game of the rounds even. Um, I think... I don't know no one would say that. No one is going to be saying that. Um, <laughs> I just want to talk about a potential, really outside the box, sneaky. Let's Miles? let's call it POD. <laughs> it's not worse than Miles. It is better. It's a better call <laughs> than Miles. I'll I'll guarantee that. Um, you're not going to like it, but Ben Brown. Now, let me try and talk you into it before you just yell at me for a sec. <laughs> He's averaging 94 this year, which might surprise you. Or 93, I should say. I've put up his price. He's 423K. Now, he's actually quite a consistent scorer for a key forward. He's, he, in round one, he scored 21. But since then, um, he's put out some very nice numbers. And listen to, his, listen to the games that they have for the rest of the season. They have Geelong, which is obviously um, quite tough. They have Bulldogs, Essendon, Gold Coast, Swans, Collingwood, West Coast, Brisbane, Bulldogs again, Adelaide, St Kilda, which is, I think they rated it on Champion Data as the easiest draw on the run home. He's already averaging 93. Now, if you needed to have a player that's going to be a POD, that's playing every game for the rest of the year, who's capable of big scores, maybe you want to even push him as your F7 in the at the end of the day. Um, you could do a lot worse than Ben Brown, but it is a completely random choice that I'm just uh, throwing out there for the sake of it, JB. <laughs> it's definitely random, but obviously there's some there's some backing behind it considering he's averaging the 90-plus so far. And we know he has those capabilities to go big. He got that 20 in the first week and he's still averaging 90-plus, so... I think the game against Carlton might have helped that one with the 167. So with a ceiling like that, it's the perfect candidate for an F7. But I mean, I just don't know if I'm in that sort of luxury to be trading in F7s or players that I don't think would be in the top echelon of their group uh, unless they're really heavily discounted like Kennedy or, or someone like that and are coming off the buy, not going on to the buy. So no one as of yet, but next week I'll be looking to do something like that. And Brown... I don't know. I just I feel like I feel like for some reason Josh Kennedy's safer than Brown. I think it's due to his scoring history, but I mean I'm probably wrong in that prediction. But I I don't know. Ben Brown doesn't really scream at me for a a player that I want in my super coach side, uh, counting on for a score each week. <laughs> look, he's going to win uh, the Coleman Medal. They've got the easy draw, and <laughs> he's look. I'm, I think he's going to outscore JJK easily for the end of the year. But I don't know if he's going to provide better value um, than players like JJK or Jack Rewalt, who we might. Well, we've already passed Richmond. Probably should have mentioned him. Uh, the bloke scored like a zero and then a 35. He's going to drop to somewhere around 300K. He was averaging about 93 before his injuries. So he's someone, if he gets down to 300K, I'm talking 300K flat, not like in the 300s, um, then he's somebody that you should certainly um, consider after the buys um, just as a really cheap F7 that has a high ceiling. Um, also, Paul Hearn getting his second game, JB. Is he someone that you'd be willing to jump on after one game, considering the carnage? Uh, probably not. He's got a really extensive injury history, and um, he's not the type of player that you'd advise jumping on early. But 
like you said, considering the carnage, we do adjust and adapt to what we're given. And Ahern is in my side after one week, which is very, very risky. Something I wouldn't recommend for everyone to do because it could quite easily backfire. And then I'd get a lot of, a lot of angry tweets telling me about it, Supercoach, which you know aren't exactly incorrect. But uh, I think if you're going to bet on anyone, Ahern's job security amongst any other rookie uh, is just sky high. And we've seen, as we saw last week, he's got the the game in him to, to actually put out good scores. And, and he's going to get a rest in a week's time anyway, so I couldn't imagine them giving him like a, you know, a couple of weeks off in like over the next last buy sort of thing. So um, he will be helpful, and he does have the scoring potential. I am jumping early on him, Pistol. I don't know if I'm crazy or not. Maybe you've got a different take. <laughs> oh, no, you have to jump on him early just because given the outs this week, you're going to need a high-scoring rookie, especially you know if you have 18 players, then you kind of want the best available on the field and he's going to provide you, you know, the best scoring rookie um, score on your field. And if you have 19 players, then you've got an advantage over, you know, a lot of other people who are struggling to get 18 by having a Hearn probably in your best 18 and that worst score um, falling out of your, your best 18. Sorry. Um, yeah. If it's your 19th best score, it doesn't count, but other people that only have 18 players have to have that score. So um, for me, Ahern is a lock to be traded in this week. You need the cash, you need the points. Um, if you want to be a make up ground, then just grab Ahern. I should say this podcast is probably going to be very heavily tailored towards um, overall play rather than league play. Because if you have league play, you can almost just tank a week when we're going tough if you're in a you know, good position on the ladder. So, um, yeah, that's something that we're not really going to be focusing on. It's definitely, we're, we're going to be having an overall uh, take for this. Yeah, definitely agree. And uh, we'll, having said that, we'll jump into the next game, and it's GWS versus Gold Coast. Another shocking out, which isn't so surprising as we knew about it for most of the week. Well, we theorized about it for most of the week. That's Stephen Knigler going out after that head knock late in the in the game against whoever they played last week. And Matt DeBoer coming in, Jack Leslie and Brad Shear come in for Gold Coast for Stephen May and Aaron Hall, who are both injured. So um, Knigler out. I don't think he'll miss many more games, uh, Pistol, but you might correct me there, but he does have the bye next week. And then the week after he comes back. So that's plenty of rest for a head knock, you would hope. But the person I want to talk about is Heron. So someone that's not actually getting a lot of discussion uh, anywhere, really, as a trade-in option. we got Majacek, obviously, scoring the big 90, and Austin getting back-to-back 90s. But Heron's way cheaper and might have better job security than Majacek. So what are your thoughts on Heron as a potential trade-in option at 102k, the basement price? The issue I have with him is... I mean, I've got a couple of issues. Um, not personally, but it's... The fact that his scoring potential is so poor. So even if you do use a trade to get him in, he's probably going to be giving you somewhere between a 30 and a 50. And that's if you're lucky. So I feel like he's got the potential to score extremely poorly. And if you're going to be burning a trade just to get an extra number, I'm not sure he's the one that I'd be getting in. But he does free up a lot of cash because of his price. So in that case, I think it's okay. Um, job security-wise, you'd think it was poor. But given... Um, Aaron Hall is out and they didn't bring in Jared Lyons, who's an emergency. I, I feel so uncomfortable trying to predict what they're doing down at Gold Coast. Um, if they're, you know, if you want to throw out the T word, um, then maybe he does play for the rest of the season and they just play every youth, oh, youth that they have. Um, and just, Are you, you know, calling Heron bad? No, no, I'm saying he's young. He's young. He's got potential. They should play all mm. those players. Um, but. Yeah, it's, it's boggling to think that that Hall's out and Jared Lyons doesn't come right back in. But um, there is somebody else, JB, in the Gold Coast Sunside that I'm way more uh, interested in. The problem is his price, and that is Will Brody, JB. 183k. Will play all throughout the buys, you'd think. Good call, bad call? Uh, based on his score last week, a bad call... Um, I, I mean, I think he's got the scoring potential. He played a lot of time in the midfield, which is great to see. And that's what you want to be trading in. And like you said, we'll play through all the buys. But paying that elevated price uh, for someone who won't make you a lot of money, I don't think. He'll, he'll probably reach that 300k mark like Brayshaw's finally doing now. But it'll take him some time. Um, it just doesn't really appeal to me no matter what the situation. So 
I know getting the warm body on the park would be excellent, and he'll probably go between 50 and 70 a lot of the time, which is fine. It's not scoring like the 30s and that that we you know would have from someone like having bloody Murphy. But it just doesn't really endear to me as a trade-in option, knowing that he's probably going to have a limited scoring potential and will also cost you an extra 70k on on someone like or Ahern trading into your midfield sort of thing. So, I mean, I'm not a big fan, but I know he's got the potential pistol, so I don't really want to shoot him down in case he comes out and scores 100 next week. Well, Hall is out, so you'd think Brody's just a lock for pure midfield time, at least in the short term going forward. So I think he has... He got that last week. Yeah, that's true, but he's only going to get better. He's a young guy, and he's obviously got a lot of potential as well. Um, but you're right, you pay, you are paying a lot, but he should play, you'd think, would play all throughout the buys as well. So you might want to have to just pay that extra 50k just to get some you know, extra player um, through all the buy weeks. It's, it's a tough call, but I think I can c- certainly see the merit in um, going early on somebody um, like Will Brody. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely reason enough for and against uh, jumping on Will Brody. So... I don't think he's a terrible pick and like anyone getting him should delete their teams, but I do think there are better options out there uh, with better scoring potential and, and money-making potential. So uh, can we jump into the next game, Pistol? We are certainly welcome into Game of the Round. Yes, Game of the Round, <laughs> St Kilda versus Sydney. Nathan Brown, Luke Dunstan, Josh Battle and Nick Coffield come in for Jack Billings, Brandon White, Rowan Marshall and Jaron Geary. And then Tom McCartan, Tom Papley, and Daniel Robinson come in on the Sydney side for Kieran Jack, Riley Stoddart, and Nick Newman. So a lot to talk about here, and most of it is centered around St. Kilda's defense. So you have Nathan Brown and Nick Coffield finding their way into the side. Jaron Gary goes out with illness. Uh, so that's obviously the Nick Coffield sort of inclusion. And um, Nathan Brown coming in, uh, just, I don't, I don't know how long Rice and... Or how, who of, sorry, Rice and uh, Logan Austin survive when Carlisle comes in. So, I mean, I think Austin would go out considering they him and Carlisle play that similar role and Rice is more of a, a floating and, and sort of a penetrating kick and really gets them bouncing off half-back a little bit. But at the same time, surely you can't drop Austin based just solely on form, right? Well, the way I see it is Geary is relatively tall and you've got generally you have Geary, Carlisle and Nathan Brown on the same back line so um, this should hopefully not be too much a different but but then again if you also consider Carlisle swung forward in the last half of the sorry for three quarters of the last game that he played he might even come in as a forward so I don't know if we really have to stress about this yet because we, we can't really predict what position um, they're going to bring him into play. And at the same time, Geary's out for at least two weeks. Um, I think they're saying it's two or three. And then that that's fine because it's all throughout the buys. And Gilbert's still not close. Um, so if they manage to get through next week, you know, they're in the clear. And to be honest, when someone scored back-to-back scores above 90 as a defender and we're struggling for players this week, I mean, what's going to hurt you more? Is it going to hurt you more trading in a player who scores 90, who's just scored 90, and then when everyone else is doing it, and then he, you know, scores poorly? Or is it going to hurt you more not trading him in and he continues to score 90 for the next two weeks? Um, I think you'll find that most people would rather trade him in and him be poor with everyone else than not trade him in and him, you know, going ballistic. And I think if you're you're weighing that up at least, you, you've just got to make the move. You've got to match the people all around you as well. And this isn't like a... It, it won't be a, a positive um, EV move, JB, to, to just uh, miss out on him <laughs> for the sake of a POD. I mean, look, there's... Yeah, I mean, you're right. Um, odds are... If he did do one or the other, the one that would hurt you more would be him scoring well and you not owning him. But there is still that little bit of potential that you don't trade him in and he doesn't score well. So obviously, I mean, you can put your odds and all that money wherever you like, but um, there is still the chance of that happening and being dropped in a week or two. So I don't think it's absolutely crucial to trade in Logan Austin this week. If you don't have faith in his scoring ability or job security, you could pass him up for one of the cheaper options. Uh, But like you said, 
if he does continue doing what he's doing, then you will be a very, you'll be way behind pretty much. Um, you'll be 30, 40 points behind and probably a lot of money behind if he stays in that side and keeps doing what he's doing. So um, you pretty much have to weigh up the risk and reward and do what you think is best for your team. I mean, that 60,000 might be a big difference to a lot of people. So um, we just don't know what people's situations are. And yeah, I mean... It's hard to tell. I, <laughs> These things can go either way, Pistol, honestly. I feel like, I mean, Tim Smith was a good example. He had two massive scores and pretty much everyone traded him in. Obviously, he scored, he got injured, scored poorly, and then he got dropped. So, I mean, these things do happen, um, but you can only play based on, you know, the information that's that's present and, and, you know, go from there. I did want to say I was kind of hoping Nathan Brown would miss this week because having Buddy Franklin just you know, one-on-one with Logan Austin uh, sounded like a recipe for a captaincy success. And I do love a, bu- <laughs> I do love a buddy captaincy uh, success, but uh, yeah, this week, Nathan Brown's a pretty good defender. He's a bit slow, so I don't think he'll be able to keep up with Buddy, but, you know, there's extra bodies uh, in, in contests or at least, you know, trying to stand in front of him so to block his run, um, you know, doesn't help. So uh, that's a bit disappointing. But in the, the positive news is, you know, Ed Phillips um, continues to get a game, so that wasn't like a surprising donut. And I should say, JB, Tom McCartan, even though he has gone up 11K, um, he's still basically basement price because he didn't score well enough to actually go up. But they obviously <laughs> like the kid because they're bringing him in without, you know, omitting a key forward. And I think they will... Um, try and develop him a bit and play him um, a bit more throughout the season. It's just a shame that he, he doesn't score particularly well. But he's another, if, you need, if you're desperate for a body on the park, uh, he's another option that might have not been considered. Yeah, no doubt. And what are your thoughts quickly on Jimmy Webster's potential swinging back to his uh, old scoring ways, old scoring ways being two of two weeks ago? But... Uh, with Nathan Brown, the key defender, coming in, and Nick Coffey also coming into the defence uh, for Geary, does Webster go back into that rebounding role that he was so good at, and is he still a very, very viable uh, trading option for our defence? Yeah, I think he's still a great option. I mean, we called it last week when we said they had um, Darling, JJK, they've got Lysett, and they have Waterman, and then Darling obviously got injured, um, which was good, but at the same time, you know, Waterman is still you know, above 190 centimeters. So it's it was just a poor, I guess, opponent. We were always expecting a poor score from him. Um, so that didn't help. But this week, uh, Swans typically only play with one big forward. Now, obviously, they brought in... Kronk. Tom. He's not a big forward. Now they are... Uh, brought he's in... the biggest forward, mate. All right? <laughs> now they br- Don't disrespect Ronk. They brought in Tom McCutton. So um, that's probably got Logan Austin and Nathan Brown covered. And then no one else is really big. So um, you'd think Webster would probably play on someone like Hayward. Um, for for most of the game, but if you had to pick somebody that's going to cop the Hewitt tag this week, JV, which Saint do you uh, expect to get it? <laughs> None of them. <laughs> does, does Hewitt just run free this week? Like, who do you really put time into at Saint Kilda? Is there any point tagging any of them? Pistol is my response to that. Maybe Logan Austin gets the tag. <laughs> I don't know. Luck could be Austin. anyone, but. I mean, uh, I, I, if I were to choose someone, uh, it was good seeing uh, Sinclair run amok last week. Uh, he seems to be in decent form. But Jack Stephen is generally the one that you try to try to really bring down on that team. And, and Seb Ross as well if he's going bananas. So they got a couple of B-plus uh, midfielders that you could look at. But, you know, it's, it's not, it's not uh And it's not Billings being dropped this week, JB, Uh Surely, if you have been holding Billings the entire time, hoping that he bounces back, this is where you just trade him, right? Well, he will bounce back this week, you'd hope, but it won't be in the AFL. It'll be in the VFL. So, uh, yes, you probably trade him uh, eight weeks ago. You did trade him a long time ago, and I kept the faith for about four more weeks than you and ended up losing like 200 more K. So... Uh, you have to get rid of Billings. He's not very good at football. Um, he did have a good second half of the season last year, but that's not going to happen again. St. Kilda don't like winning. He doesn't like doing anything, and it's just it's a bit sad. Yeah, it's probably going to be a bit of an uphill Josh battle for him, JB. No? no? So uh, Brisbane Lions versus Essen. I can't pay that, surely. Oh, t- I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it was good. I'll give you that. 
Okay. <laughs> All right, let's what go on to the say? next game, JB. Thank you. Uh, so it's Brisbane versus Essendon at the Gabba. A lot of ins and outs for both sides here. So Jared Berry, Tom Bell, Josh Walker, Sam Mays, uh, Brandon S, <laughs> Jake Barrett all come in for Brisbane and Charlie Cameron and Mitch Robinson go out, both injured. Cameron out for the season as well. So Robbo's got the, I think, two to three weeks out. Yeah. And then for Essendon, Mitch Brown, Mason Redmond, David Myers, Josh Green, Jackson Merritt, Dylan Clark and Aaron Francis all come in on the extended bench, obviously. And Jordan Ridley, David Zaharakis and James Stewart go out. So... It says Ridley's injured, but that's I'm not copying that. He was not great last week, and I think they've sort of told him to have a bit of a spell in the in the VFL. So unless you've got more word on this injury that I don't know about, yeah, he actually was injured, JB, and they said that he should be right to go this week. Um, but then he was still dropped. So if I'm going to be trusting them on that, he was right to go, and then he was still dropped. It just means that he was dropped. Um, unless he, well, that's sad. yeah, you know, it's kind of expected given given his scores and. Um, if you jumped on him, that's uh, bad luck. You're probably you're hoping desperately that they get pumped by Brisbane so that he's forced to come back in after the bye. I think. Um, otherwise, yeah, he's he's probably. If that's not what we're counting on. Then I might as well trade him now. <laughs> well, you're almost at that stage. I mean, hopefully, uh, a rookie um, like Dylan Clark can actually get a play. You know, stint in the midfield this time. If he actually is named, it should say there's an extended bench, a very large. Well, I guess it's a normal size extended bench, but a large amount of changes have all been input onto the extended bench. So it's a bit hard to guess who's going to play. Um, You imagine Guelphie's, you know, a lock to play there. So we're not not really too concerned about that. Um, On the Brisbane side, um, I just wanted to guess that Brandon Stasevich, or Stasevich, I'm not really sure how you pronounce his name, um, probably doesn't debut given we didn't hear about it uh, during the week. And usually they... um, it's crazy how that's the giveaway these days. There's always a big Twitter, social media post where they get given their Guernsey and they say a few awkward words and sit back down. Everyone claps them and they're a cult hero within the club and everyone knows about the debut on like Wednesday, four weeks prior. But um, that seems to be the giveaway these days. It's not like, oh, like, we, we've got to, we've got to wait like, until the last second, see if he's named. We tend to know days in advance now. Well, if anyone did want to jump on early anyway, he's 126K uh, forward mid. And I don't know why you'd be jumping on early on an extended bench. Uh, but, you know, stranger things have happened. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's you have to wait, I'm surely, until the teams are named, uh, just in case. I think Ahern, they waited till the last possible minute um, to actually confirm that he was debuting as well. So That's true, um, yeah. That was, I guess, it's a possible situation. Um, JV, anything else to, to add to this game, or should we, should we move on? No, and I think that'll be a very, very bad aesthetics game. So oh, It's game of the round. No, I mean, we've had four <laughs> of those already, but I don't actually know what is game of the round. Is it Port Richmond? No, it's Collingwood, Melbourne. There's no no other option <laughs> oh, okay, besides yeah. that. Sorry, sorry, I didn't scroll down enough there. <laughs> um, Fremantle versus Adelaide, and we have Aaron Sandlands. Hayden Ballantyne, Mitchell Crowden, Ryan Nyhouse. <laughs> Brandon Matera will come in for Nat Five, who was suspended, and they might actually need to play all of those players to sort of make up for Nat Five not being in that side. And then for Adelaide, we have Taylor Walker, Jordan Gallucci, Miles Poholk, Andy Otten, Patrick Wilson, and Riley O'Brien in for Tom Lynch and Roy Led. So I'm a little confused here, uh, Pistol, because the uh, Don Pike, the Don Pike, uh, did say during the week that Matt Crouch would be captaining their side, if I'm not wrong. So I thought. Taylor Walker would be out again this week. Uh, you thought wrong, JB. He's clearly in. Yes, but why would Matt Crouch then be captaining the Crows? Well, maybe he's not. They've changed their minds, perhaps. I'm not really uh, sure. I mean, maybe why not let him be captain for a week? <laughs> Do you have a reason against making Matt Crouch captain? Well, I mean, it's sort of demeaning to Taylor Walker to just take it off him when he's playing, isn't it? Well, maybe he's going to be a laid out. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> okay. Well, then uh, you heard it here first from JB. <laughs> Taylor Walker laid out. Um, well, I mean, why would they captain Crouch? It just doesn't make sense. Anyways, um, you'd expect Sandlands to be one of those ins for Fremantle. And the Nat 5 suspension is a big one. So, obviously, they challenged it. Um, not sure why he dove into a, an opposition player's head with two elbows. And 
obviously intended to knock him out, so um, a bit crazy to, to even challenge that one. But it just c- couldn't have come at a worse time, could it? No, it, it it really hurts, but you can't really do anything except hold in that uh, scenario. JB, Lockie Murphy um, has most likely survived. I mean, generally, the extended bench, uh, the players that are removed from the extended uh, bench are generally the ones that are listed on the extended bench, but sometimes last <laughs> year, someone from the field has been omitted instead on, I think it was two occasions last year off the top of my head. So um, he has been named on the field, so I'm feeling confident. Lucky Murphy will play, but yeah, that's been a big win for Ernest that he came back literally at the perfect time, um, given how the season has been forming. Uh, Taylor Duman is also named this week, so that's great for those those people that had him as well. And um, yeah, basically, we can't really tell if uh, Stefan Giro is going to get his second game either because the extended bench issue. So yeah, tomorrow night squads uh, Friday. Keep an eye on it because a lot can change. There could be some more rookies. Uh, there could be some more carnage, who knows? So, um, yeah, there's just really big changes to the extended benches on these Sunday games. Yeah, and Fremantle did say during the week that the rookies that they were playing were playing outstanding. And although that's a bit of a blanket comment on every rookie, they're not singling out Stefan Giro, but I assume they've got to continue to play him. He did kick a goal last week and, and was pretty influential. So I'd be surprised if you missed out, Pistol. I would just like to read out the listed... Uh, forward line for Fremantle because I find it so hilarious. Um, this is what's named on the field. I guess you can tell when people are, you know, kind of taking the piss with their team sheet. Um, they've gone forward line of Tommy Sheridan, Brennan Cox, Darcy Tucker, Connor Blakely, Walters full forward, and Brayshaw in the forward pocket as well. So um, that's quite amusing, and I would love to see that happen in real life. Maybe not Walters at full forward, because I have him in my team and really want him to play in the midfield. But if you just look, like cast your eyes over the, the squad as a whole, it's such a young team, JB. Like, it's insanely young, and you'd think with Fife out particularly, they can't afford to not have players like Walters in the midfield. So I'm really expecting a, a big game from him and, and from Neil uh, particularly and Mundy. I think uh, throw all those guys in the midfield, probably Connor Blackley as well, um, gets a pure run through the midfield, which he hasn't seen in a while. So um, yeah, they'll they'll get done, but at least it will be a somewhat entertaining super coach game, I think. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, yeah, I agree with everything. And I can't believe you dropped the P-bomb on the podcast. So um I hope there's no kids listening because that's disgusting behavior, Pistol. But we'll move pistol. on to Melbourne. Hey, I'm trying to work out. Was it Pistol? No, no, it was the first three letters of that. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure you said um, shit at the beginning of the podcast as well. So oh, you can't we'll say just... that again. If I said it, you can't repeat it. Well, jeez. Let's just let's let's uh, move on to the the Melbourne Melbourne Collingwood game. Um, oh man. <laughs> Ins for Melbourne, Billy Stretch, Cameron Pedersen, uh, Jaden Hunt, that, I said Hunt, JB, Harrison Petty, Jeff Garlett, and Joel Smith. Out goes Jake Lever and what? Tim Smith in the Collingwood side. Crocker, Howe, Murray, and Rupert Wills come onto the uh, extended interchange bench. Now, JB, looking at Collingwood's interchange, last week we uh, accurately predicted, given we guessed every single possible combination, um, that Appleby would remain and Murray would miss out. This week, however, Howe is on the extended interchange. Um, he will obviously make it. Taylor Adams will obviously make it. Maine has been in good form, so I'd expect him to also play, which means only one of Appleby, Dacos, and Murray is going to make the cut, and you'd think based on form it's going to have to be Appleby. So sorry to the Murray owners uh, that... We're desperately hoping he'd return, but Collingwood's back six has been so stable. I think Buckley is really um, just enjoying not having to make any defender changes, like being forced to it due to bad form, just just because of injury. So um, that is yeah my prediction for the weekend. JB, people jumping on Myocek early. Obviously, he scored 97 last week. He's a 102k uh, defender, played as a forward, kicked four goals. You're not going to drop a guy who's just kicked four goals. Here's my thoughts, JB. I know you haven't asked, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. No, I'm curious. He kicked four goals. You can't drop him. He's playing Melbourne. Obviously a tough opposition. Reed will be back after the bye. If Myocek scores one goal, doesn't score a goal, has a bad game, 
against a good defender this week compared to, you know, the under-12 Fremantle side that they put out. Maisha's just not going to... He's going to be dropped for Reed, like on the other side of the bye. And if he does have a good game, well, then he's probably going to get named. But I, you just cannot jump on him early. It's way too risky. Wait to make sure he's named for that third game. Just just don't go on him early because you're going to end up with a Ridley situation where it just drops, you know, almost just after you've jumped on him. Tim Smith situation, we should say. Um, yeah, just don't do it. It's, it's way too risky, in my opinion. I know people have to desperately jump on a playing player this week just to get out 18. You're going to have to shuffle it around and you, you're going to have to not get Mayo check, JB. Yeah, as you said, it's very risky with the the competitiveness that is the Collingwood team and they're in some really good form. So even with Murray, who was so instrumental at the beginning of the season, their back line is just in such good form that you can't really move players around like that and bring in someone who might be at best 22 player but um, just isn't involved in the current winning form so you're right that will be game of the round and who I know you're a Collingwood fan but can you take bias out of your tipping for about three seconds here who do you think wins this game yeah I can definitely take bias out Collingwood will win um, <laughs> easily. Oh, what an ass. Um, no I'll be there looking forward to it really really looking forward to it and um, we should mention Tim Smith was omitted I mean he he got banged up during the game last week was he omitted was he just injured and that then he played yes. badly I, I would suggest it's possible very possible that he comes back after the bye he won't it's, come it's back. a possibility we'll see how um, maybe not a good Cam Pedersen plays if he does get a gig that will be um, interesting also Spargo was not great but managed to be named on field as a forward pocket so the highly likely that he does play um, which is fantastic for for owners now JB I think now that we've gone through all the teams this week given the buyers to, to the Carlton Hawthorne West Coast and Bulldogs people are going to need some advice there's it's so hard to get 18 this week. Just say something to help someone. Go for it. The floor is yours. Okay, so my best advice and something that I'll be doing myself is trading out the non-playing players for players that are playing. <laughs> no, but really, like if you if you had concerns over Murphy losing a few K and you were going to trade him out, you just can't now. Like He's, he's going to play. He's going to get a score. Might not be a great score, but anything's better than a zero if that's the situation that you're faced with. Um, worst case scenario, I mean, you could try and get 19 on as well. Like, I'd, I'd keep Murphy and have 19 over trading him and having 18 to try and save some money, even though he probably will be your worst score. There's always the chance of injury and every point counts. So um, you just have to prioritize uh, the best that you can. Make sure you're, you're still trying to move on those high break-evens. But at the same time, it's the type of rounds where us players that play for rank and us experienced players dream of because we prepare for these buys and we jump extremely high during the buy periods because a lot of people that are in high up positions don't exactly plan for them so even though we've planned for this one and it's backfired and there's a lot of injuries and it might actually favor those who haven't planned we still have to stick to the plan and and just try our best to get as many warm bodies on field as possible no matter what that takes using your three trades when you were trying to save one or keeping players like Murphy or other players that have high-ish break-evens, maybe not getting one of... I mean, I can't say not getting one of Westhoff or Gray because obviously they don't have a buy, but... Um, well, they've had their buy, sorry. But um, like maybe even putting off an upgrade just for another week just to get that 18th player on field. It's all worth it in the end to get those points uh, this week. And then, I mean... We're just going to have to do that each week, aren't we, Pistol? We're going to have to just try and make trades to save face from the trades that we've had to make the week before because the buy rounds are just a bit of a pain. <laughs> well, yeah, there's some things as well that I see people saying online that players like Crips have very high break-evens. Yo's got quite a large break-even. Now, they're saying, you know, wait for them to drop in price. It's tricky. It's not as straightforward as you think. And I'm talking not just this week because those players have, have a buy. I'm talking throughout the buyers as a whole. Now, you've seen the carnage that just crept up on us this week. And most teams are going to have to use three trades to get out 18. So if you're not using a trade this week, or even next week, for example, well, let's just say this week, you're not using a trade because you want someone to fall in price. Now, next week, 
you might cop unexpected injuries and you'd have to use all three trades and you'll miss out on that player when you were expecting to get them. So you need to be really careful, especially with Crips, because people are like, well, I can't get him you know, next week because it's going to drop in price. But you might put, put off getting him and then the next week you're being forced to do three trades just to get through the buys. And then the next week after that, you're trying to use three trades to get through the buys just because there's unexpected carnage. And then you're, you know, you're three weeks down the track and you still haven't made this upgrade because you just tried to you know, not get crypts for one week. So it's something that you have to at least consider. Um, yeah, there's a, it's, it's a tough position weighing up points versus dollars. Um, and that's something that every individual person will have to just sit down, work out, if I don't get him this week, how many points will it cost me? If I don't get him in three weeks, how many points will it cost me? And if I get a rookie instead, you know, how much will I save? Because at the same time, if you're getting a Heron and you're getting 40 points, 40 points, 40 points, or you're getting a Logan Austin and you're getting 90 points, 90 points, and then a zero, you know, you're still getting more points from that Logan Austin. Um, so it's just something that you need to consider and every team will be different. So we can't really give a blanket rule um, we just have to give advice that you might need to sit down. If you care enough to listen to this, you probably care enough to sit down and really plan through the buys. And it's tough, but you know it will be worth it in the end because you can move up so much during these buys because a lot of players started the year with all these 102K rookies that will never play on their bench and they've just been trading their on-field options and maximize the points that they had on field. They get to the buyers, they have no cover, they have 10 players playing in every week and you just rocket up the ranks. So um, this is a period where hopefully, JB, um, we can just absolutely fly up the rankings. I've got a bad feeling about this year, um, but still holding out, um, I should move up hopefully. Um, well into the top K after the buys, given I'm already sitting just at 2K, so not too big of a leap. But I know for you as well, you'd be hoping that this is the time where you can um, salvage salvage a season. And JB, I know I've ranted for a little while and you've probably gone to sleep, but do you want to uh, jump into, give me your, your top two VC options and your, your top two C options for the round? Because this week, it's a really hard week um, to pick a captain and vice captain. It's very hard, and Lahug has just gone on vacation for the week, so he's got impeccable timing. When the whips are cracking, he's on an aeroplane out of the country. <laughs> so, um, look, it's it's tough, and I've flirted with Westhoff as vice captain. If you've got him, we know he's got a high ceiling and and could put out decent scores. Friday night game, you know, we at Port don't play that often. Um, if I had Robbie Gray, I'd be thinking of it, but it's the players like Dangerfield against North Melbourne, such a high average. I think it's 164 in his last three against them or, or something crazy. Uh, but it's those sorts of players that you need to be getting on with either your vice-captaincy or captaincy. And if you've jumped on him, then I, I think a bit of a sneaky one this week might be Stefan Martin. Uh, could give Essendon a bit of a towel up. Uh, he's got Bell Chambers, who he had three disposals a couple of weeks ago. We know Stefan Martin's the opposite, and he will be trying to get to that ball. So... If he gets low off the chain a little bit, we can expect a decent score from him. Um, it's risky to go with Gorn this week because obviously he has Grundy, who's the other informed ruckman in the competition. And obviously there's no fight. It's just a hard week, isn't it? But I think the safest thing you could possibly do is have Dangerfield involved in your plans and then a heavy hitter somewhere else that you just have to have a good feeling about going large. Even someone like Josh Kelly who's been building the last couple of weeks, could go massive if you've got him for, uh, from GWS, obviously. Buddy Franklin, who's your man, and you can talk about him. <laughs> well, I was, I was going to say, I mean, it's hard to predict where the Ben Jacobs tag will go as well, so Dangerfield might not even do so well. But I like how you mentioned Josh Kelly because that's exactly who I was going to recommend. If you have managed to grab him, um, obviously without Canelio, he's going to be relied upon, and I think he this is a week that he could go absolutely bang. So really quite actually holding out for that. Um, it needs to happen. And I, I do quite like Gorn this week. Grundy is an amazing, obviously, scorer himself, but he, he's not in the likes of Gorn where he restricts his opponent scores. Um, and given he's averaging 130 this year, he's killed Collingwood in the past. And I just think, worst case scenario, I mean, I'm probably going to jinx him, but you're not going to get a 60 out of him. So um, I still think he's quite a safe option, even though people probably don't like that. Um, and again, if, if if you want to risk it, buddy, I mean, small Eddie had ground, 
yeah, I mean, maybe I'm too high on Buddy, but I, I do think given the lack of good options this week, um, he certainly needs to be uh, considered JB. Or Ben Ronk, who we know is the obvious <laughs> headpiece in that Sydney forward one. So uh, one of the two. You can you can make your choice as to who the better player is, but you know, I think it's obvious. Um, just lastly, before we uh, drop out here, Pistol, but uh, we had a lot of questions uh, in regards to loopholing by players. So uh, all by players lock out at the commencement of the final game of the round. So um, you've got until Monday to activate the, all those loopholes. Uh, obviously, when that Melbourne Collingwood uh, Queen's birthday clash begins, all those by players will be locked out. So um, we've pretty much got freedom throughout the whole entire round, unless you want a vice captaincy uh, gone into Grundy, which won't happen, but um, won't be possible. But yeah, it's we get a lot of those sorts of questions, and they are able to be loopholed for the whole entire round until the last game. So. That's good news as well. And obviously this year, as every other year, where it's, it's the most important time of the year for our council council. We've got the Donate for Donuts campaign. If you do cop a donut, please pledge an amount. It's This this was actually created for the buyers, and then we just kind of expanded it to the whole year for the last um, couple of seasons. But the way it works is you pledge a certain amount um, that you wish to donate. If you get a donut... Um, think carefully this year because it might be a bit difficult and we don't want to bankrupt you even though it does go to a good cause um, whether it be $1, $2, $5, $10, $20, $100 whatever it may be if you get a donut you donate that amount um, and obviously if you get multiple donuts you donate multiples of that amount um, we'll pop our Cancer Council donation link um, in the comments on Facebook or in the description in iTunes or SoundCloud um, so really please uh, do consider it because this is the time where we raise majority of the money throughout the season the rest of it's just been a nice warm-up um, until this point in time so uh, please strongly uh, consider the donation uh, campaign um, if you'd like to find any of us on Twitter uh, you can find JB on JB underscore D-I-S-E Chezo with a Z underscore D-I-S-E or myself Pistol underscore D-I-S-E where you can see me talking up Jack Crisp as a top six defender option and uh, otherwise hopefully you manage to get through the buys unscathed Yep, good luck, community, and make sure you leave a comment somewhere on any uh, any type of media outlet that we post the podcast on. Just letting us know your thoughts on Pistol's voice because we get a lot of feedback on it, and I'm not actually a fan of it either. So <laughs> just let us know what you think, and thank you very much. Have a good buy round.